In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to think of a moment with me this morning, and for some of you this is going to require some imagination, and for some of you some memory. But I want you to think of a moment towards the end of your ministry, or career, or even your life. Maybe you're climbing down from the pulpit that last time, or you're driving home from work, or you, you just saw a grandchild get married. But it's a moment when you take a look back over your life. What do you, what do you see? What do you hope to see looking back? Well, I cannot speak for you, but I can tell you what I hope to see. I hope that when I look back at my life, I see some great things. I hope to see God use my ministry to, to build up his church and to proclaim his word. I hope to see great relationships with my, my family and my children. I hope to see courage in the face of power and faithfulness to God's word. And I'm sure you hope for similar things from your story. But I also know that there are going to be some things I see that I don't hope to see, but I kind of expect to. I know that looking back, I may see moments of deep darkness. Perhaps it's just a, an unkind word where, where my anger got the best of me and I spoke rashly to someone, or, or where my pride or arrogance got in the way of the gospel. Maybe looking back, I'll see a moment where some fool idea got in my head and I, I used it to, to push someone out of the way. Maybe I'll even see moments where I just rebelled and knew what I was supposed to do, but just did my own thing instead. Or maybe I'd even look back and see faithlessness. I know, and I think you'll know too, that if you take that moment to look back on your life, you're going to see a mixed bag. Perhaps some greatness, but certainly some darkness. And I know that I'm gonna wonder which of these ultimately matters. If someone were to, to sum up the total of my life, if God were to come and speak a last word on who I am and the life I've lived, what would it be? Well, this retrospective moment I've asked you to consider is, is where our text today invites us. It is an obituary looking over the life and death of Moses, perhaps from centuries later. And when it looks at Moses, it sees some great things. It sees a promised land where God used Moses to lead his people. It sees a prophet who knew God face to face. It sees a, a servant of Yahweh who did mighty acts of wonder and, and might and terror before some of the most powerful people in the world and before God's people. And looking back, our text sees a promise as well. See, it remembers the promise of Deuteronomy 18 that a prophet just like Moses would arise, who would speak with God's own word and would speak with God's own authority. And looking through the eyes of that promise, our text sees he's not here yet. No prophet has arisen like Moses since. It's, he was the greatest of God. But our text sees something else as it looks back. Moses didn't cross the finish line, did he? Moses' life, too, had some moments of darkness. And we know the story. It's all the way back in the wilderness at the waters of Meribah, or the river, or the, the rock of Meribah. The people of Israel were thirsty. 
And God, God told Moses, speak to this rock and water will come out and your people can drink. So what does Moses do? Well, he's angry with the people and he hits the rock instead. And how does God see that little disobedience? Well, this is what he says in Numbers 20. Moses, because you did not trust in me, because you did not show me holy before the eyes of Israel, you will not go into the promised land. And in chapter 29, he says it even more sharply, Moses, because you rebelled against my word, you will not cross over. It's a pretty dark moment, I think we'd agree, for a prophet of the Lord. But it actually gets darker from there. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses has brought the people all the way to the borders of the promised land, and he sits them down to tell them their story one more time. And when he gets to that part about Meribah, well, he kind of tells his own little story. He tells the people in Deuteronomy 1, God was angry at me on your account. He blames it on them. And then again in chapter 3, he tells the people, I begged God, but he wouldn't listen to me on your account. See, just like Adam before him, Moses' initial disobedience only led to further rebellion, further faithlessness, blame-shifting. And this is why, standing up there on Mount Nebo, seeing all the great things that God had used him to do, Moses is not allowed to forget his darkness. In spite of the covenant, in spite of the, the sacrifices of atonement, in spite of every word from the Lord, the last thing that Moses hears from God is judgment. You will not cross over there. And so Moses dies there on Mount Nebo at God's command. Even though his eyes were undimmed and he was full of life, not even his body could be brought over into the promised land. The Israelites had been, carried, had been carrying Joseph's dusty old bones all the way from Egypt to bury them in the tombs of his fathers, but not Moses. No, he was buried in a forgotten tomb outside the land. See, God did speak a final word on the life of Moses, and that word was a clear no. And that's a chilling thought, I think, when I think about it. If someone as great as Moses, who could be used by God to do so many great things, if even he could wind up outside the promised land, couldn't I? Couldn't you? Are you greater than Moses? Is it not possible that you could be used by God to serve him in so many great ways, and yet in the end be disqualified by your own faithlessness, by your own rebellion, by the moment where you just chose to do your own thing? And maybe, maybe you can actually now look back at your life and see the darkness already there in your memory. And what if you have to face your death like Moses and hear in it nothing but the sound of God's no on your darkness? Well, Moses did hear God's no as his last word. But that's not where his story ended. See, that, that prophet that was promised in Deuteronomy 18, he did finally come, and just as promised, he spoke with the very words of God, 
with the very authority of God. And with that authority, this prophet spoke a yes beyond God's no. See, Jesus Christ called Moses to life. His word gathered his dusty old bones and knit them together with muscles and sinews and called him from his forgotten grave in the valley of Moab, saying, yes, it is time. Come over here into my land. And Moses did. He crossed the Jordan. He walked through that land he'd seen so long ago to a hill in Galilee. And on the top of that hill, he saw his God once again. And this time he wasn't shoved behind the crack of a rock. No, this time, with eyes undimmed and full of life, Moses saw God face to face, shining in the radiance of Jesus Christ, the promised prophet of old. And in the light of this prophet, Moses heard a new word from God, a final word, an ultimate word, yes. A yes of grace, a yes of forgiveness, a yes that lifted God's sentence of death and welcomed him into the promised land. And that yes, that yes is the last word on your life and on mine. Whether you stand at your, the end of your ministry or your career and you look back and you see decades of faithful and fruitful ministry, whether you look back and see a sad story of repeated struggle and defeat and sadness, whether you look at yourself and all you can see is the darkness of your worst days, or whether you think that you are God's gift to the church, the last word on your life has already been spoken. It was spoken 2,000 years ago by a prophet who hung on a cross. And it was echoed by God, his Father, in the silence of an empty tomb. And it was whispered in your ear by a Holy Spirit with a little splash of water. And because of that word, you can face your death. Face your death, hearing in it the sound of God's no being drowned out by a roaring yes that echoes in from the end of all things, when Jesus Christ will call you to life, when he will gather your dusty old bones and knit them together with muscles and sinews and call you from your forgotten grave, saying, yes, it is time, get up, and come over here into my new creation. And you will. You will get up and you will walk and you will see the new creation bursting to life around you and you will go and stand next to Moses, shoulder to shoulder, and with eyes undimmed and full of life, you will see God face to face, shining in the radiance of Jesus Christ. And in seeing him as he is, you will see yourself. You will turn back over the mixed bag that is your life and hear but one final word, eternal and absolute. Amen. <laughs>